0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This episode of the Yankees magazine podcast is brought to you by the MLB app. Yankees baseball is always live with the MLB app. Follow the action with game tracking and video highlights along with up to the moment stats, standings breaking news and more download the MLB app today it's your number one app for Yankees baseball hello hello and welcome to another episode of the Yankees magazine podcast I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor for Yankees Magazine. I am coming to you from cloudy, rainy, I don't know know, West Orange, New Jersey, instead of Yankee Stadium, because we are all uh, exercising proper social distancing. But I have a special guest with me on the phone right now. I have uh, MLB.com's Brian Hoke. Brian, thanks for joining us today.
0: Thank you, John. And I'm coming to you from sunny Tampa, Florida, where the weather is beautiful and you can't really do anything. So that's life. It's Life for everybody.
1: So, I mean, you're down there, I believe, still, I I think, with your wife and two daughters. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, we're still here. The initial thought was that hopefully baseball would resume quickly. And um, now that that's been pushed back, you know, Major League Baseball initially said, At least two weeks and now it looks like more like eight so we're kind of in limbo but i do feel like you know following the news and everything that's happening up there we're not in a super rush to get back up to new york so um just kind of taking it day by day like we all are
1: so i i I gotta ask how much space are you guys all in together as you're (laughs) stuck inside
0: fortunately we did have a nice setup for spring training um but you know right now we would have been uh in a baltimore hotel room we this this was the plan was to ride out spring training and head north and um now i'm not exactly sure what the plan looks like but i feel like i have plenty of company in that boat but yeah we would have been in baltimore this would have been an off day before the regular season would have started and then uh opening day would have been tomorrow so it's uh it's really tough to kind of fathom how much the world has changed just in the last two weeks.
1: You know, it's a great point. We're, we're recording this, as you mentioned, on Wednesday, and it's going to go live on You know, what was going to be so great for us. We were going to go live on opening day. Um, sure. I don't think that the Yankees Magazine podcast is the number one victim of novel coronavirus, so I will not uh, look for any sympathy here. It's just, it, it, it's just such a bummer. I mean, on top of everything else, and I am not at all drawing an equivalence between not getting to watch baseball with the real suffering that people are going through. But, you know, it's just crazy to look at that calendar. And, and, you know, I don't know about you. I still get like calendar notifications every night about like a Rangers Mm. game about to start. And like, my heart just sinks every time. It's like, no, it's not like there's not going to be a Rangers game right now.
0: Yeah. You know, I found, I found myself in the time that we've obviously had, I've been rolling the clock back and thinking just about how much this has changed in the last two weeks. And so I'll tell you a little story. I, I think I have the day right on this, but it's it's around March 10. We go into Boone's office. There was a night game. And on the, his whiteboard, he had kind of like the starting pitchers coming up and all that. And and on there in Magic Market was written coronavirus. And so we obviously asked him, what, what's that all about? And he told us that the team had a guy, a doctor come in and talk to the team and just kind of give them the lay of the land. But the sense that was it wasn't going to be something that really impacted uh major league baseball at that point it was basically telling the players you know be careful when you're signing autographs be careful when you're in big groups uh but none of us who were in the office that day saw this coming and then um, you know what happened in the next few days as it developed and it really kind of <laughs> rapidly caught uh caught us off guard is that uh, a few days later after that, they told the reporters we wouldn't be allowed in the clubhouse anymore. And that went about two or three days, I think. And, and then uh, on that sunny Thursday, the Yankees were across the state in West Palm beach. And and that was when we found out that baseball was shutting down. So I've just been thinking back to walking into Boone's office, seeing the word coronavirus on the whiteboard and thinking like, huh, that's interesting. And now it's completely changed everything in the United States. And of course in major league baseball. So it, it really it's amazing to think how fast two weeks has happened and how uh, everything really has changed for us.
1: It really is. And and I mean I I can't stress enough this is difficult time for everybody. It's frustrating certainly for baseball fans. I, I I'm sure you know like me I'm sure you know doctors and people who work in hospitals and you know it's just I'm so grateful for my my job during all this is essentially to you know stay in my house homeschool my kids and try to do a podcast and write some stories every so often, like I have it pretty easy. The people who are really on the front lines here, it's just so amazing what they're all doing to, you know, just try to work us through this because no one obviously has a great answer right now, but everyone's doing the best they can. But it's something we're going to remember forever. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think so. I I mean, I I don't want to equate it to 9-11, but I think there's some parallels there as far as how baseball shut down and hopefully how baseball has a impact in the comeback of this. And that's something Aaron Boone was talking about today is that when baseball comes back and it will come back, um, it's going to be bigger than all of us. It's going to be bigger than this situation. It's going to be bigger than the Yankees, bigger than Aaron Boone in that it's really going to help with the healing. And I think that that's what we miss most right now about sports is the communal aspect of it. I mean, I, I miss being in a, crowded office building or in a, you know, a a press box, a a bad atmosphere. I miss hearing the roar of the crowd. I miss watching a game. Um, There's just so many little things that we took for granted that I think we won't after this is gone. I mean, something as simple as shaking hands or opening a doorknob. Now you have to really think twice about it. And I think that uh, this will definitely change the way America acts. Um, But I also think that we will bounce back from this and we will be stronger because of it. So I I do believe what Boone is saying and what the Yankees are saying. And that um, I, I think that there will be a greater purpose for baseball as a whole to serve when it does come back and when it's safe to come back. And, you know, I, I, Certainly we'll never complain about a three-hour rain delay anymore. Yeah, I, I wish that we could have one of those Yankee-Red Sox games that goes up on, against five hours right now. Um, I, I miss all of that stuff, and I, I'm sure that everybody listening uh, wishes that we were watching the Yankees and the Orioles on opening day and, and March 26th in Baltimore because uh, that's certainly the day we ha- all had circled on the calendar, and hopefully we'll we'll get that opening day sooner rather than later.
1: Absolutely. You know, you mentioned you did just come off a conference call with Aaron Boone. How did he sound? I mean, obviously, part of what his job is in the situation is, you know, kind of speak for the team and maintain calm and kind of show that people are still around and doing what they're supposed to be doing, whatever. But how did he come off? Was he bummed? Was he introspective? What were you hearing?
0: Well, first of all, yeah, that is part of the job of Major League Manager here in 2020 is to effectively be the press secretary for your team. I mean, you're the spokesman. You're the guy who the camera is on before every game, after every game. So he does really well in that role. And I, I think it's a confusing time for everybody. He's, he's bummed. He's disappointed. Personally speaking, he was talking about how much – energy and effort goes into a major league spring training and the fact that they were so close I mean they were within the two-week mark and then you get the carpet pulled out from under you so that's hard to take but like I said he understands that this is bigger than baseball bigger than the Yankees and that we've all got to do our part right now by staying home so I think there's some personal frustration there uh, of course Um, you know he talked about how he was disappointed about not having that trip to Montreal where the Yankees would have played two exhibition games against the uh, the Blue Jays. Uh, that would have been fun. And today would have been the day where he would have been in his hotel room in Baltimore filling out that lineup card, kind of deciding who goes where, filling out those nine names, and then – Tomorrow would have taken the bus over to Camden Yards, go into the coach's room, go over the lineup with the guys, choke around, and then handed it off to Carlos Mendoza to, to print it out and put it up on the wall and send it into MLB. So um, he could kind of clearly envision all of that happening. And the fact that it's not happening, I think it hurts. It stings a little bit. But the bright side of that is that, you know, it will happen sooner or later. And um, the Yankees, <laughs> to be honest with you, as Aaron Judge said last week, the silver lining is. They're going to have a much healthier team than they would have on March 26 as a result of this shutdown.
1: Well, one can only hope. I mean, somehow, you know, across town, a Mets pitcher has managed to uh, end up under the knife while being away from baseball for two weeks. So, you know, we can only hope that there are no similar issues that come whenever the Yankees do ramp stuff up. Although, of course, if you go back to last year, anything that could go wrong did go wrong. So maybe I shouldn't say something like that without knocking on wood.
0: You can knock on the wood. Go ahead. I'll I'll do it for you. I'll knock on, I'll knock on my head. Some people say there's wood in there anyway. How many
1: people are, are left out there uh, camped out outside the stadium with you?
0: Well, I think that the, the ranks of the reporters have thinned a little bit, but uh, there's still a, a representative group down here. I would estimate there's about 10 guys here, and I'm going to rattle off some names. I, I'm probably going to wind up leaving somebody off the list. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but Mike Ford, Clint Frazier, Jay Happ, uh, Aaron Judd, Giancarlo Stanton, Luis Severino, Tyler Wade, Luke Voigt, DJ LeMay, you, who said it's keeping him sane to keep going to the ballpark all the time. So I probably left somebody off of that list, but it's a pretty representative group of guys who are continuing to go over to Steinbrenner Field. And a lot of them feel that it's the safest place for them to be. Obviously, you know, the Yankees are taking every precaution to make sure the facilities are clean and sanitary for them to, to work out in. And uh, they're limiting the weight room access to three players at a time. So they're, they're, they've got a small group anyway. Uh, guys are taking batting practice on the field you know Marcus Timms the hitting coach was telling us that this is the only time he ever had to wear batting gloves and um, surgical gloves to throw batting practice so he's got two pairs of gloves on to throw balls and to pick up the balls after guys take BP on the field so It's a strange situation. It really is. But guys feel comfortable here. They've got what they feel they need to. Um, You know, Tyler Wade, for example, was telling me that he doesn't want to go back to California where you've got 40 million residents on lockdown and he's not going to have any facility to train at where he would feel like he can get in what he needs to get in at Steinbrenner Field. And there is some possibility that the city of Tampa or Hillsborough County could shut it down at some point. And if so, it's going to make these guys scatter and, and try to find an alternate situation. You know, DJ LeMahieu was saying that he doesn't want to go back up to Detroit. He's up in the Michigan suburbs. The weather's better here. He can get done what he needs to get done. And it feels like he can be around the guys who can keep him in that, that mindset. And so, you know, Tyler Wade said that he might go to Arizona if, if Tampa does shut down, but hopefully that doesn't come to pass. And, you know, Hal Steinbrenner was very upfront about offering it to the guys immediately. Um, when baseball shut down, Hal Steinbrenner addressed the team and said that as long as you want to come into Steinbrenner field, it will be open to you. And so that day, the team voted as a whole, they wanted to stay here. Obviously the landscape has shifted a little bit as it turns out that baseball will not be coming back as soon as we might've hoped that day, but it remains open to the players. And so it's a familiar setting where guys can continue to get work in and, and stay sharp for whenever the season does begin.
1: That that's kind of something I'm curious about, you know, you and I, You more than me. I mean, we've spoken enough to these Yankees players that they're so well-trained and never speculating and never offering any hypotheticals. Do you expect, though, that a lot of these guys might have like some sort of date in their head when, whether... A pre spring training ramp up because obviously I mean even if you just look to when spring training starts in February you know those players whether it's December or January that's when they start their workouts so those guys who left or even those guys who are still there to some degree is there a time in their head where okay if they're going to give us a month or two weeks of spring training beforehand I need to start getting back into my routine at you know x y or z
0: yeah, I think I think they're all trying to do those calculations, but it's hard because you don't have a set start date. And so that's one thing that Zach Britton was talking about is that guys have basically gone back into their off-season programs now and they're going to have to ramp up again um, because you know, Garrett Cole, for example... He was up to, what, 55, 60 pitches. I mean, he yep. was building for that opening day start. And so now the fact that he has gone from that in, in facing a major league lineup at Steinbrenner Field to playing cats with Aaron Boone in his front yard in Connecticut, um, I, I, clearly you have decelerated and you're going to have to – accelerate again and so I don't see any way that we can do this without having a second spring training of some kind and now you know if you want to throw out say it's two weeks say it's three weeks um, it could be a month I don't know but um, I think you do need to have those games where guys are playing against each other at full speed I think that is very important and I think that so I think it's very realistic that we could be back here in Florida and now I I would just be guessing to say when that could be safe again to do but I think you're going to have to have have games. Of some sort, and whether you do that in an empty ballpark, whether you do it free admission, uh, I don't know how that's all going to work, but um, I I think you have to have those games at full speed um, just to get guys' timing back. I mean, for example, the last few days before Steinbrenner Field shut down to the media, we were there watching Giancarlo Stanton take live at bats against uh, Zach Britton and Adam Adevino. I mean, these guys were getting their work in on the field at full speed, and so these guys are throwing 90 miles an hour, and now the, the fact that they've gone back to playing catch or kind of throwing at half speed in the bullpen, maybe off a mound, just for the injury risk alone, I think you're going to need several weeks to ramp back up. So I think you can start the clock there, but not knowing when it will be safe to do so, it's really kind of a a futile exercise right now to pinpoint a day and say, all right, well, if they start by here, then you can definitely play by then. None of us really know. And I think it's going to all depend on us doing our part, staying home to flatten the curve to so the government and other authorities will be able to tell major league baseball, okay, he, it's, it's going this way. So here's your target date because right now we don't have that.
1: We work in an industry with such a clear schedule. I mean, you know, like our our lives are so routine. i We've never not had a schedule before. We've never not known when baseball will be back. It, it, it's fascinating. Last thing for you, how are you keeping sane?
0: Well, it's tough because, you know, I've got two kids, as we talked about before on the podcast, you know, Connie's here and my two daughters are here. They're ages three and one. So they keep asking, why is the pool closed? Why can't we go out? Why can't we play? Why can't we go to the playground? So it's it's tough to explain to them um, that. You know, right now some people are sick, and we need to stay inside to to make sure that we don't get sick. And so, that those are the discussions we're having here. So there's a lot of thank goodness Disney Plus launched. Um oh, we got a lot seriously, of like, Mickey seriously, seriously. We got a lo- lot of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, a lot of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Um I'm, I'm kind of running out of things that I can watch on Netflix. Uh, I'm, my patience is running low on that. So I mean, whatever. These are that's a small price to pay so that everybody can be safe, stay in, be healthy, because it's, there's some scary stuff here. And obviously, we're keeping abreast of all the news and doing what we can to be informed citizens. But um, it's uh, you know, if, if we can do our part by staying in and keeping the kids entertained and playing with Barbies or Play-Doh or what kind of you, then that's what we have to do. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs>
1: um,
0: if that's us doing our part and me getting on a conference call with Aaron Boone every once in a while, then, you know, I, I guess I'll take that on. Uh, a lot of people have it worse right now.
1: Well, hey, man, that, that's definitely true. And I, I will say, I know a lot of people do actually really appreciate the work that you guys and all the people on the beat are doing just to keep a little bit of baseball in everyone's lives right now. There's a lot of stuff that really is pretty awful to think about. So every so often when you get to, you know, read about a player's throwing routine or something like that, it's a, it's a nice break. Thank you so much for doing that. And of course, thank you so much for coming out here and being a guest today. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to look at Aaron Judge's offseason back in fresno california and a a couple of uh people who remember the first impression he made and the way it hasn't really changed over the years so stick with us
2: hi this is jordan montgomery you're listening to yankees magazine podcast
1: the yankees magazine podcast is also brought to you by mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand with mlb.tv Your subscription includes MLB at Bat Premium, allowing you to stream live baseball on your favorite supported devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Welcome back to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. Definitely want to thank Brian for checking in on that last segment and helping give a sense of what's going on with all the players and coaches. So, obviously, here's the deal. This episode was supposed to drop on opening day, so it's a bit of a bummer to be sitting here in my house in New Jersey, homeschooling my two children and talking about baseball instead of watching it. But that makes this a good time, I think, to look back to a story I reported last November when I headed out to Fresno, California, to spend some time with Aaron Judge as he held events for his All Rise Foundation. The story about my trip, called Aaron Everlasting, will appear in our opening day edition of Yankees Magazine, whenever that happens to be, but you can actually read it online now at yankees.com magazine. As a compliment to that story, here's an audio feature I produced about the trip and the way that Aaron Judge has always made perfect first impressions. I gotta tell you, some of the audio is a bit iffy because a lot of it is from a major fundraiser that the foundation held while I was there, and it was a very loud room, and I'm not a professional audio engineer, but I'm sure you'll get a sense of the love, respect, and admiration that everyone who has ever met him still has for Aaron Judge. If today actually were opening day, Judge almost definitely wouldn't be playing, so hopefully the one benefit from this whole delay is that the Yankees will be a bit closer to full strength once they do start, but I think at this point we would all just take some baseball, so... Hopefully, it's soon. Anyhow, enjoy this piece. Most Yankees fans remember everything about their first impression of Aaron Judge.
3: Judge hits one to center field indeed. Going back, Love Kiermaier,
0: it. turning, looking.
4: See ya! A monster home run. Back back home runs by the baby bombers in their first big league at bats. Can you believe it?
1: It was August 13th, 2016. Joe Torrey was in the Yes Network booth because the Yankees had held a pregame ceremony honoring the 1996 World Series champs. The night before, the team had held a send-off for the retiring Alex Rodriguez. If you were going to script the changing of the guard, this was all pretty on the nose. Tyler Austin, batting seventh on the afternoon, came up in the bottom of the second for his first big league at bat and homered just over the short porch in right field, a real wall scraper. Then came the 6'7", 280-pound judge for his own major league debut. Dead center field, 446 feet. At the time, it tied the record for the longest Yankees home run StatCast had ever recorded. All in all, not a bad way to introduce yourself. But Aaron Judge has a way with first impressions.
2: When he walked into the room, the first thing I thought was, like, who is this? Like, does he, is that Blake Griffin? There's
0: no way this guy is just playing baseball. And then, sure enough, find out he is playing baseball. And I was like, well, this dude is a lot smarter than all of us. You know, uh, we need to talk to, you know, family. You know, they, they did him right.
1: Derek Carr is a Pro Bowl NFL quarterback, and he's much better at football than I am at recording telephone audio. But before he starred for the Raiders, he was a Fresno State athlete, staring gape-jawed at the monstrous baseball player who was shaped like an All-American football star. In truth, Judge could have played football anywhere he wanted, but when he was being recruited out of Linden, California, a tiny rural community about 90 minutes from San Francisco, he chose to play baseball at Fresno State. And very soon after he arrived on campus, Coach Mike Batesel who had led the Bulldogs to the College World Series title in 2008, was overwhelmed by what he saw during a team-bonding flag football competition. Every fall, when everybody's tired of running poles and doing the same conditioning, so once we get to Thanksgiving time, we have a football league, we keep stats, and they have to have team uh, jerseys and their names on their backs, and uh, a lot of times they'll have wristbands and call out plays, and it's a really fun time. This was November of Judge's freshman year, He had been on campus barely three months and hadn't played in a single real baseball game yet. He was an impressive person, smart, funny, clearly well raised by his parents, Wayne and Patty. And once he got the football in his hands, he was on an entirely different level. It's a good thing that Derek Carr, or for that matter, football coach Pat Hill, weren't there to see this. They would have stolen him right there on the spot. The first throw they make is a wide receiver screen. It's like Barry Sanders. They can't touch him. This is touch football. Division one athletes cannot touch him. That's how light and agile and freak athlete he is. And and I saw that for one play and I was, this kid's going to play in the big league as long as he wants. It's just a different animal. Here's the thing. It's not like you're going to look at someone shaped like Aaron Judge and expect mediocrity on the ball field, but this was still something special. A decade later, Jake Alvarez, a middle infielder on that Fresno State team, still remembers seeing Judge out there. I caught up with him at a fundraising gala for Judges All Rise Foundation, and he was quick to recall good memories in the loud room. That was a sight to see. I mean, he, he's just a freak of nature. And then he has the, the heart of a gentle soul. So That whole Bulldogs team has similar stories, and they shared them with me that night. Jordan Rivera was one of the stars on Judge's Fresno State teams, a holdover from the 2008 championship season. When Batesel was recruiting the skyscraping outfielder from Linden, he had Rivera host him during a visit to Fresno.
4: Knowing him and and his uh, options, I didn't think he was gonna you know end up at Fresno State. But I remember having a conversation after that and him being like,
0: you know, whatever it
4: was, you convinced me and and. Uh, Yeah, I mean, after that, you know, he showed up and and he was family from day one. I mean, he, he, and this is all prior to us knowing, you know, what, I mean, he was so, such a specimen, you know, he could have played football, he could have done whatever he wanted.
1: Ribera had been around baseball players all his life, and he knew what they looked like. This wasn't it.
4: You know, it's so funny because I remember him being this 17-year-old monster, and I'm like, are you here like, for the baseball camp, or the? are you here for early spring practice for football? or?
1: But then Rivera and Judge got to talking, and the upperclassmen had what was essentially the same second impression that everyone has when it comes to Aaron Judge. Sure, the size is imposing. It's impossible to ignore. But then, all of a sudden, the special person inside that frame comes into focus. It can knock you right off your feet.
4: Talking to him, you're like... I'm trying to put the voice with what I'm looking at and how calm cool and collective you are and it was just a trip you know it's a trip to see someone like that you know with his built his frame and and the um, you know the, the peaceful uh, conversation that flows out from him is just you know it's 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 really weird, you, you think of somebody like that and you're like, okay, this guy he's dark, deep, yeah. you know, aggressive and judges the polar opposite. Quiet and kind. Quiet, calm, kind, always, you know, complimenting people and, and hey, going up, you know, going above and asking, hey, how's your fam? You know, it's just, it's, it's really cool.
1: This past November, Judge returned to Fresno State for a weekend of events on behalf of his All Rise Foundation, which works to help kids build confidence and reach their potential. He visited hospitals, spent some time at a Fresno State football game, held a baseball clinic for local youths, and hosted a major fundraising dinner. The MC at the banquet was Paul Leffler, the voice of Fresno State Sports. Leffler has known Judge since he first showed up at the Central Valley School. And like so many of the outfielder's close friends and old college teammates who attended the fundraiser, he's not the least bit surprised to see Judge thriving in the major leagues. But he was even less surprised to see Judge maintaining the attitude and demeanor that so bewitched his teammates and coaches at Fresno State, to say nothing of the many young fans he always made time for.
3: He knew even at that young age that he had teammates watching, he had young people watching,
1: No matter how big the game, no matter how intense the pressure, Judge is always the guy making time to sign for kids before games. Watch him during batting practice. He always finds his way toward the crowd gathered along the wall, spending time shaking hands with any kid he sees. He'll grab a ball when he's working out in the outfield and find someone in the stands to throw with. This isn't stuff that he calls attention to, and it's not something anyone told him to do. It's really just who he is, who he has always been.
3: What you see with Aaron now in the big leagues, you saw them. He'd be the first one with that boyish smile on his face to go grab a glove, and that shy kid who's over in the corner afraid to say anything to anybody. He finds that kid. He, he finds him, and he plays catch with him, right? How many times have you seen every, that? Every, it's amazing. Every ballpark he goes it's to. Because that's who he is, because he's not about himself. And I don't think he's ever going to be about himself. I know he hasn't hit the big salary yet, but he's put up numbers that no one else has. He does things on the field no one else has ever done. So he has every right to have a big head, to be full of himself, to think that he's passed any of those things, but he never will because he understands it's about people. It's about passing on a, a better sport to the future generations of baseball players. And really, I think, you know, I can't speak for him, but I see him pointing people to the things he values and saying, these are the things I value. Maybe you ought to value them too.
1: How does he do it? Ask anyone around Fresno, Linden, or anywhere else judges health court and you'll get the same answer. It's from a mother and father, both educators, who never let their son coast on his athletic abilities. Aaron says that he would shadow them sometimes during school, and he noticed that they gave the same amount of attention and positive feedback to the kids that were struggling as they did to the A students. That became a mantra of sorts for him. Make every interaction count. Everyone's watching, everyone's listening.
2: You know, that's the most important thing. That's why I started my, you know, All Rise Foundation is to, you know, if I can impact one kid, you know, change one kid's life, one kid's attitude to, to the better, be more positive, and be a better leader down the road. You know, that's, that's all I could ever ask for.
1: It's not a small goal, but it's what Judge has been about his whole life. Make that strong first impression. Stay positive. Engage. And by being the best version of yourself, you can draw out the best from those around you.
2: You know, the little things I could do in my community, things I could do in my hometown, New York, wherever, even when we're on the road in opposing stadiums, little things you can do, you know, just communicating with fans, having fun with fans, stuff like that. its It goes a long way. It could be from a high five, a handshake, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's just something for, for quite a few years now I wanted to kind of get this foundation going, and, you know, no better time than the first couple of years of your career and kind of build with it and work with it and I'm just excited we're getting this far. You know, we're just starting, but we got a lot of things planned.
1: Look. If you've been paying any attention to the Yankees for the past four years, you already know what Aaron Judge can do with a bat. You saw it in that very first trip to the plate. But that's the thing about first impressions. The very best ones, the ones that are the most accurate, they shouldn't change. If it's an honest impression, then what you see should be what you get. When it comes to Aaron Judge, it's not clear if the sport has ever seen anyone better at being himself. It calls to mind Derek Jeter. A remarkable comparison for such a young player, but one that holds up to all the scrutiny you can apply. From the first impression through everything that has followed, Aaron Judge has endured. He has, to put it mildly, impressed.
2: Yeah, things doesn't change. Just because you you know, you progress in life and you know go on to bigger and better things, you know, it should never change your values and who you are.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to that. Like I said, you can find the story about my trip, Aaron Everlasting, at Yankees.com slash magazine. As we wait for baseball season to start, keep checking that site as well as our Twitter feed, at Yanks Magazine, where we'll continue to post some new and old stories to keep you entertained and in the proper baseball mindset. As for this podcast, it's definitely our goal to maintain the every other week schedule, so hopefully we can offer a somewhat regular break from the craziness all around you and your families. Also, be sure to check out Deep to Left with Bucky Dent, the second entry in the Yankees magazine podcast network. You can find episodes at Yankees.com slash podcast or at the podcast app of your choice. Please, 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 please subscribe, rate, and review us. And you know, while you're at it, give some love to this podcast as well. Finally, We would love to hear how you're spending your time waiting for baseball. Send us some thoughts to podcast at yankees.com, and we'll hopefully have some things to chat about on our next episode. Most importantly, all of us at the Yankees and at Yankees Magazine wish nothing but the best for all you and your families and hope that you're all coping as well as possible. Thanks for everything you've done to help slow down this global nightmare, and we can't wait to see you at the ballpark soon. Be well. We'll speak to you in two weeks. Bye now.
2: Hi, this is Jay Happ. For more stories like these, subscribe to Yankees Magazine by visiting yankees.com publications or by calling 800-GO-YANKS.
1: The MLB Ballpark app will complete your next visit to Yankee Stadium. Buy and manage game tickets, redeem special check-in offers, access exclusive content, and much more. Download the MLB Ballpark app today by visiting yankees.com backslash ballpark app.